Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl White, and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Our mission is to enrich lives through a continuum of education and wellness services. Our vision, healthy and educated communities where dreams become reality. We hope today's episode and every episode of Leadership Matters offers value-added and thought-provoking ideals for advancing emerging and current leaders. Today we're going to be discussing advancing organizations, equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives, and people really looking at timeless leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm delighted that we have our president and CEO from the Neighborhood House Association on the line with us today to really help us dive into our topic. Um, Mr. Rudy Johnson III, our president and CEO. How are you, Doc? just want to welcome you. Hi, Doc. I'm well. <laughs> Thank you so much for just agreeing to be with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me back on the show. Yeah, always an honor. The um, I know that I was just given a lot of uh, information regarding a fabulous presentation that you did in the community, and it went over really well, and just thought it'd be a great theme uh, and discussion to bring to our audience here on Leadership Matters. So, again, just want to welcome you, and maybe before we dive right into it, have you just share a little bit about your own leadership journey as well as maybe the size and the demographics of our organization so people kind of get a bit of a perspective of uh, where you've come from and just the uh, lens through which you kind of see the world and lead. Well, thank you so much, Dr. White. And before I do that, let me just thank you on behalf of our employees and our board of directors for all that you do for this organization and um, all that you share with the rest of the country via this magnificent tool of a radio show. I've been listening in. You've had some great guests, great topics. So it's an honor to be here. As you know, I've matriculated uh, through two different organizations along my journey to president and CEO. One stint with the city of San Diego um, as a civil engineer in the field, in-house design, and then I spent some time with the city manager as his liaison about a year. And once that assignment was complete, I um, actually managed the first expansion of the San Diego Convention Center. And uh, we completed that project on time, on budget. It was about $216 million. Um, once that was completed, I caught the eye of the then CEO a woman by the name of Carol Wallace um, was able to spend seven wonderful years uh, with the San Diego Convention Center Corporation under her leadership. Much of my leadership style comes from my time at the Convention Center. And then 14 years ago, uh, I was fortunate enough to compete and earn the opportunity to serve as the president and CEO of this wonderful organization. In terms of size, uh, we are currently um, over $100 million a year in terms of our operating budget. 
We have over 850 FTEs. Um, we serve via 25 programs under a continuum of care model, which takes um, babies uh, prior to being born, working with the mom and the family, um, all the way through our internship program in the vision is to hire the babies that are born today in our care 20 years from now into our organization. And so that is our vision. That's what we do. And I'm glad to serve as the president and CEO. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you, uh, Rudy, for just sharing that uh, introduction of yourself uh, in the organization to our listening audience, and also thank you for the kind words you uh, shared regarding uh, regarding me. I'm very uh, appreciative of the opportunity to serve here at Neighborhood House and appreciate your continuing to make the programming of Leadership Matters available, too. So um, thank you to you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I'll just jump right in then and just start okay. with... Um, asking you maybe to share a little bit about um, lessons and how you've applied to your own life and your leadership journey, that first principle that you shared with our community about leadership, which was um, empower the powerless. So one of the lessons that um, was brought up in your presentation from uh, timeless leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King was just that space of, empowering the powerless. Could you share more about this and then, again, how you've applied it to your life and leadership journey? No, thank you, uh, Dr. White. I really appreciate the opportunity, again, to um, share with the listening audience a presentation that I did back in January um, to the Cal Coast Credit Union here in San Diego. And um, I really structured the presentation around four, um, you know, kind of lessons learned from uh, the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, the first being empower the powerless. And, you know, when you bring people together and really channel their energy toward change, um, you have to really convince them first that they have their own power to change their situation and circumstance. They don't have to wait on someone to come and rescue them. And you know this all too well in the work that you do in OD and and the vision that you have for our organization through our Lift, uh, Learn, and Serve program. You really have to um, energize the workforce you have to improve the culture. You know, it's it's tough when you're cracking through 850 bodies, right? But you do what you can, and and you really have to give them the um, hope and the possibility that they can affect change one individual at a time. And then once they rally together, um, you start to see the organization move. So you really want to empower uh, individuals throughout the organization um, to be able to rally around each other and create that change that they're looking for. And it's not just you as the leader at the at the top of the organization, um, you know, creating opportunities for change. It, it really has to be a total uh, process. And so 
that has not been lost on me. And, and one lesson that I do remember from the San Diego Convention Center, and you'll often hear me refer back to my time over there, is when I was general manager, I remember we were just declared uh, one of the top three organizations in the world in the convention center space. And as an employee, I was one of 500 individuals. I really didn't know how to feel that excitement or energy. And I remember uh, Carol telling me, you know, you have to convince those employees that they own one five-hundredth of that honor. It took all 500-plus of us to get there, and you really have to own that and be prideful of where you are. And once I heard that, I understood it, and what that meant was we were going to be great or excellent one employee at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love that. And the other thing I really appreciate about what you shared was the give them the hope. As, you know, I'm sure you probably have often heard me say, and I'm not even sure who the author was, but there's a quote that says, um, hope is the dream that awakens the soul. And I think sure. people can come to work and um, or be in their lives day after day after day and not be in that space of um, improvement, but really be in a space of, you know, as Stephen would say, repeating the same um, situation over and over again. We can sometimes, if we, can own, if we can't see beyond our current situation, we're stuck in it. But once we can look sure. beyond it and really tap into what we desire, then that vision can move us forward. And so hope really comes from having the desire and being able to create an environment where, you know, there is enough space for people to think about what is it that I desire and how might I bring that to fruition in creating a space to hear those voices, be that here through our Lift, Learn, Serve um, employee engagement process, through our wellness employee engagement process, through our safety committee that's also very employee-based. You know, it's, you know, how do we create a space where we tap into that which employees are desiring where they can, within their own space, um, be empowered to um, exercise their gifts in a way that brings about excellence, but also have a voice that can create a collective energy to help move us forward in a more positive way. So, I, I, you know, I think just that um, helping people understand that they're not powerless and that their visions um, can make a difference is real important. And I think it's important for the workforce and for leaders within the organization to do much as you've done here, and that is create spaces for there to be a voice. And um, we may not necessarily, you know, be there, and there will be disappointments. I love the, um, the slide. I'm looking at your presentation here that says we must accept finite disappointment but never lose sure. infinite hope. And so there will be disappointing moments. Uh, you know, there's always something more you can do on the horizon. But really holding on to that infinite hope and saying, okay, this didn't necessarily turn out the way we preferred, but we're not hopeless. Uh, we can still get in touch with our desires and um, from that create a new vision and uh, activate it for improvement. So. 
love that. Any yeah. other thoughts yeah. you have regarding your own life journey, leadership, or thoughts around empowering the powerless? Well, I, I, I don't want this to sound Pollyannish in that mm-hmm. every individual wants to, you know, promote in an organization, become a CEO. That that isn't the truth. You know, there are some individuals that just want to come in, they want to do their job, and they want to go home. However, I still believe that those individuals have to be plugged into a larger vision. Even if that's what you want to do, you have to do it with excellence and pride and really in sync with the overall mission of the organization. And so, um, yeah, you're going to get some folks in the organization that says, you know, I'm not interested in promoting. I'm not interested in growing. I just want to come in, do what I do, be left alone, and go home. And and that's perfectly fine. You know, you're 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 mm-hmm. you're still empowered to be great, right? As an mm-hmm. organization. And so, um, uh, that would that would be the last piece of it is that um, in a in an organization that has more than a hundred, two hundred, three hundred employees, you're going to find some very progressive. Uh, employees that want to move up every year, they want to promote, they want to get, they want to grab more, they want special assignments, and then you're going to have some employees that just want to come in, do their 20 years, and say, hey, I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point, and I think it's also important for us as leaders to kind of embrace the thought that upward mobility does not always equate to success because that sense of um, satisfaction um, can come from, you know, can I from this space make a positive difference? And for many, if they feel like they can make a positive difference and they are um, engaging in some way um, that's connected to our vision of healthy and educated communities where dreams become reality, like where do I tap into this continuum of education and wellness services that's enriching lives. So I think you're absolutely right. There are some people who success is about upward mobility, and for others it may just simply be about making a positive impact and making a difference in someone's life. So it sounds like we need to take a um, commercial break, but when we come back I look forward to hearing more about these four leadership lessons and how you've applied them to your leadership and how that may also be applicable to others. So... Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Shube, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Today, we're talking about advancing organizations, people, and equity, diversity, and inclusion. Timeless leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King. And we're having this wonderful conversation with the president and CEO of Neighborhood House Association, Mr. Rudolph Johnson III. So again, Rudy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, so before we went to break, we were talking about lesson number one, which was empower the powerless and love your voice on that and really helping people realize that they're not powerless, that they actually do have influence. And uh, I think that is a wonderful thing. Love to transition to um, the uh, leadership lesson number two from Dr. Martin Luther King, and that is find the opportunity in every situation love to just hear your thoughts on what exactly that means and how you've applied that in your own leadership journey. Sure, absolutely. I, I think this of the four lessons probably is the most critical. I mean, um, every opportunity is not going to be served up uh, perfectly the way you like it. And so, you know, even when the opportunity presents bad news, I think an individual needs to get ahead of the bad news, and um, they need to respond uh, effectively. And there was a time when I first took over this organization, it seemed like the first couple years, just, you know, bad news all the time. Um, And and we've learned a skill set in order to deal with some of that bad news uh, through, you know, trial and error. And um, so we're, you know, we're, we're an organization that can respond to bad news and get in front of it. Um, the flip side of that is good news, right? So you work so hard on the bad news, and then when you get all the good, positive stuff coming out, um, I guess one of our, you know, faults or short-sightedness would be celebrating 
the good news and getting that out on the wire because you're always waiting for the bad news uh, to drop. But again, you know, just finding an opportunity in every situation. And, um, and the other thing is quickly assessing, you know, complex information and, and making key strategic decisions. And for me, that's kind of been my calling card. Um, maybe it's because I have a technical um, undergrad, um, you know, degree, and it's in civil engineering. So I'm always assessing data. I'm always computing, processing, and really trying to take a bunch of complex information and develop um, strategic, you know, decisions and solutions on the fly. So we're assessing. We're, we're outlining a plan and then implementing a plan all at the same time. And then, you know, just making uh, tough decisions in the midst of the chaos. You know, it's just like a juggler. You know, you can juggle five, you can juggle six, juggle seven balls at a time. And um, as a decision maker, you have to be able to process and make key decisions when everyone else is kind of running around, you know, searching for uh, information, more data, et cetera, et cetera. And those decisions that you make, sometimes they have to be final. You know, you can't process um, a certain situation um, and become paralyzed. You have to actually make some decisions, and some are going to be good, some are going to be bad and you have to course correct on the fly. So mm-hmm. this, to me, is the toughest um, lesson um, that, that a leader should take to heart. They should, they should kind of assess it, understand it, and really ensure that they're ready because um, you're going, just like you have great days, you're going to have some bad days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Renee, I'm going to take us back to um, that first bullet where you said getting ahead of the bad news and responding mm-hmm. effectively. And what you shared may have been what you um, what that skill set was, but you said there's a skill set. And um, we've kind of learned that skill set with regards to responding to what needs to be responded to. Uh, that may have initially been, you know, bad news. So is that the taking the complex information and developing the strategy to move forward, or is there something else in that skill set that you would um, share? Well, I think, you know, number one, um, understanding and owning the fact that everything is not going to be uh, peaches and cream, right? Um, you don't sign up for these type of uh, positions to always come into sunshine and, um, uh, you know, blue skies, right? At least that hasn't been my experience. <laughs> and we can have mm-hmm. that conversation on the diversity and equity piece. But, you know, <laughs> for some CEOs, I'm sure it's blue skies and sunshine every day. It hadn't been the case with me. And so the first thing is coming to the realization that every day is not going to be perfect. And the reason why I said that's a skill set is because I think sometimes we feel like every time we wake up and step outside and go to work, everything is going to be like clockwork, right? We can't just come in, we being leaders, 
and sit down for 20 years, do our time, and retire, first of all, your lifespan is about five years. Secondarily, you have to deal with everything in the organization from the tip to the tail. And so um, it's not going to always be great news. So the first skill set was understanding that. The second thing was processing and trying to set a plan of action, which includes, to some degree, um, assessing complex information and then making those tough decisions when it's pretty chaotic, right? And then I think the third piece is really finding the um, solutions that's going to get you back to neutral, right? Mm -hmm. So if we do this, we put this fire out, we do that, we do that, we're going to get back to neutral, and then you can kind of manage your day-to-day operation once you put the fire out. So those are Mm -hmm. skill sets. You know, learning how to manage in a crisis is a skill Mm -hmm. set. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know... um as you were sharing and you shared about the um, making the tough decisions that may not necessarily always be popular decisions in the midst of chaos, another quote from Martin Luther King that came to mind is, a genuine leader is not a searcher of consensus, but a molder of consensus. And um, I think that that um, also kind of just plays into um, leaders don't necessarily search for consensus, Um, but they get a sense as to the direction um, that one may need to go, and then they begin to mold um, the movement in that direction. um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing you brought up and you said, you know, uh, just kind of realizing it's not going to always be blue skies and sunshine in your own Mm -hmm. life journey as an African-American leader, someone who's leading mm-hmm. a um, major organization that, mm-hmm. for yourself, um, has not always been peaches and cream. And for mm-hmm. diverse leaders, there can be a difference with regards to some of the challenges that they may face. Would you like to right. say a little bit more about that? Sure. I think, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand, number one, um, getting to the door, right? So, um As an African-American male, it took a lot for me to even get to the door to be in a position to interview, to compete, and then have a chance to be selected. Um, So that was a journey in 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 and of itself. Um, And so what do I mean by that? As you peel back that onion, you know, you have to be in a position to where you have all of the prerequisites that it takes to be taken seriously as an applicant, to be interviewed, and then to be selected uh, to run an organization. That's number one. Once you come aboard, then I think there's a different set of expectation expectations on an African-American male, African-American female, uh, person of color, etc., to perform at a much higher level than one's uh, colleagues or counterparts. So I constantly have to have an A game every day that I come to work. I can't have B days. I can't even think about a C day. It constantly has to be A, A minus, A, A minus, A, A minus. And then how you're viewed by the rest of the county 
state country is that you're just performing against norm when what you're really doing is performing at a very, 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 very high level every single day. And I would, I would argue that when you speak to um, CEOs that run some fairly large, complex organizations, when you finally sit them down in a 60-minute type one-on-one setting, you're going to find out that he or she really, 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 really knows what they're talking about because you can't even get to the party and survive unless you do. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I really appreciate your um, just willingness to kind of go down that road and share a little bit of that perspective and experience as well. So uh, thanks for doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Looks like we are at that point where we need to take another commercial break, but looking forward to coming back and talking more about this third leadership lesson and how that has been applied in your life and how it might also help others as they move forward in their EDI or just leadership journey. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, bringing you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association. And want to say to those that are just joining us, I'm your host for the day, uh, Cheryl White, and I'm delighted to have my president and CEO, Mr. Rudolph Johnson, with us today, talking about four leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King that he's applied and that really can be applied by others as they advance their equity, diversity, and inclusion commitments or simply advance their leadership. So, again, thanks, Rudy, for sharing with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yes. So I want to move to the third lesson, enlist the best allies, even if you're not best friends. Could you share more about that and, again, how it has been um, applied, how you've applied it to your own life and journey? No, thank you so much. I, I again, this is another key lesson. I mean, as a as a visionary leader, CEO, executive director, um, you have to realize at some point that uh, you don't know everything. You can't possibly know every single thing, and so um, that requires you to build uh, a consensus of individuals that. Uh, you bring to the table, um, and I would recommend they be from diverse backgrounds, um, you know, from diverse um, ethnic backgrounds. You want gender diversity, obviously. Um, You want individuals, regardless of their sexual orientation. You want the best minds at the table from as many different perspectives as you possibly can even if you're not friends with these individuals. Um, You don't have to be friends with them. You don't have to be, um, you know, uh, friendly with them. But you want to bring them in because I think the more diverse you have, the more diversity that you have around your decision-making table, the better your decisions are going to be. That's number one. And it's a proven fact. Secondarily, you, depending on your life's journey um, to the position, may have two or three or even four skill sets, but you can't possibly be knowledgeable in every single skill set. So if you didn't come up in the financial side of the house, you have to hire a CFO and you have to trust and believe that that individual is giving you the right information. Um, If you're not a lawyer, you you might have to have um, a general counsel or some kind of legal counsel on board, Um, and you have to trust and believe that individual is giving you the right information. And sometimes um, these are individuals that you're not friendly with. These are individuals that, you know, may have been at a rival organization, Um, but you want their mind and you want their ideas to come to the table so that you can strengthen the organization that you're president and CEO of or the visionary of. And so I've learned how to stitch that talent together, 
and feel very, very comfortable, um, A, not having that skill set, and B, not necessarily being friends with a lot of the executives that I'm, I'm bringing in. Mm-hmm. So um, anytime we think about this whole notion of um, bringing diverse perspectives to the table and bringing the best minds to the table, I think what goes along with that very often is conflict. And um, how have you um, seen that and what are your thoughts about that? Um, because when people don't think alike, um, you're more likely to have um, perspectives that are different. And, you know, how do you honor hearing all the voices and still um, kind of keep the team together? Well, A, you've got to have a lot of patience, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's number one. It has to be organic. You have to be a person who is comfortable having a lot of different voices and perspectives sitting at a table. Um, if you're not used to that, that's not something that you can get used to overnight. You know, it's or, it needs to become organic for you. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that you don't have to manage personalities because you will have to manage the personalities, but the outcomes much, um, you know, further outweigh the managing of the personalities that you have to occasionally do, and the high level of performance is awesome when you kick into your maximum gear as a leadership team or um, a management team or wherever it is in the organization that diversity lies. Once you hit hit that optimum efficiency, it's a beautiful thing. And you'll know it when you see it, when you feel it, um, as you're making your day-to-day decisions. And that's when I think it becomes more comfortable. And I think at that point, the conflict uh, eases a little bit. I mean, you're still going to have to manage conflict, but it eases a little bit if everyone is kicking at a high in at a high level and you've hit an optimum level of performance as a team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think having been part of your management team now for, oh, my goodness, um, over 10 years. I, wow, has it you been know, that I long can, time? Uh, it's been over 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I can look at us now from where we mm-hmm. were in the beginning and the mm-hmm. amount of conflict um, mm-hmm. I know certainly my voice is an outlier often, <laughs> and um, and you've had to coach me up with regards to when to speak in front of the group and when that's an offline conversation, and um, so I know that um, that this can be difficult, um, mm-hmm. and over a period of time, I've appreciated um, just even your uh, creating space for hearing very different, diverse. Um, voices, perspectives um, brought into a meeting and then just really with patience kind of facilitating voices being heard and then you're making a decision as to how we're going to move forward and each of us trusting that um, in doing so um, it's going to be to the betterment of the organization. So I know this is an easy one, um, but it's definitely been something that um, 
I think you've done well, and um, I think we've we've grown as a team uh, because of your facilitating that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. But let me just say this. We've all benefited because I think as an organization, and, in, in, you know, again, I'm close to my organization. I have a lot of pride in it. But I think if you have outside folks come in and look at this organization, how we manage our internal systems, how we operate in the field, the condition of our facilities, how we communicate, how we treat our board members with respect and dignity and professionalism, I think they would say, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're a first-class organization, even with the conflict, right? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. to me that speaks to mm-hmm. the need to have diversity around that table and different voices mm-hmm. and different opinions. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, and I think I, I uh, in looking at the, let's say, the principles of communication, I believe mm-hmm. that we have moved more and more um, as an organization, you know, certainly at the executive team level, and then as we move down to the body of the organization, I think the messaging around communication, which really helps, you know, how we go about managing conflict is communication is not just um, making sure the message is understood, but it's making sure that we manage ourselves to help make to help the message get across, but in a way that um, we're able to maintain and enhance relationships. And I think as we become more intentional about that, it does help um, the journey. And it's not easy. Um, it's definitely a mindful practice, um, but it certainly helps to be able to bring um, the best to and out of uh, each person on the team. Sure. No, absolutely, no doubt. And I think our client, you know, our client base benefits from it as well, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. I mean, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, you have all of these smart, um, opinionated individuals coming into a room, and that's up and down the organization. I think, you know, you start to put your ideas on the table, and there's the product. Um, is a better product when you get out in the field and actually perform those services or engage with the general public. I think a lot of leaders, this is just Rudy Johnson's opinion, um, are a little bit intimidated by, you know, having to deal with the different personalities and the struggle of managing those personalities and having to engage and understand those personalities so it's easier to hire people that look like you and act like you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And I also think that the overall embracing the organization has done around our core values, I know it started off as our customer service way of being, but to have the board and then each person also embrace our service excellence where, you know, it's consistently delivering exceptional service that demonstrates I care. And so knowing that integrity matters, but also how we engage with regards to being courteous, attentive, responsive, and excellence not only being about optimal service, product, you know, professionalism in our delivery, but also making sure that it's done with compassion kind of calls us to that greater space and how we engage, I think, as, a, as an organization of, you know, compassionate people as well. Right. You know, doing right. you know, doing this work. So looks like we've got to do break again, but we're gonna come back okay. and hit this final and also very powerful um, lesson from Dr. Martin Luther King and 
see how you're kind of brought this forth in your own um, leadership, Rudy. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Delighted today to be speaking with uh, Rudolph Johnson III, who is the President and CEO of Neighborhood House Association here in San Diego, California, talking about advancing organizations, people, and equity, and diversity, and inclusion, um, really framing this around some of the timeless leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King that he has um, chiseled out in his conversations with others to just kind of hone it down to um, what might make a positive difference in our lives here at the Neighborhood House Association, but could also be helpful to others. So, again, Rudy, thank you so much for sharing uh, this framework uh, with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Doc. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So this fourth um, lesson that we're going to talk about today is pursue the impossible and uh, just kind of have you share how that particular leadership lesson from Dr. Martin Luther King has been applied to your life and influence as a leader here at the Neighborhood House Association, but also in your journey as a leader. 
Well, thank you, Doc. I, you know, this is this is one that for me is 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 more of an emotional attachment as a leader. Um, you know, I come from a neighborhood similar to you. I know we've had these conversations. You know, free and reduced lunch, Head Start. Um, HBCUs, Historical Black College and University. So, you know, the odds were always stacked against us, if you can envision that. And through it all, yet we rise. And so I've just always had a propensity for dreaming beyond my condition and not letting my current condition dictate um who and what I'm going to be and what my potential is. And so as a leader, when I got my opportunity to be the visionary, to be the leader of the organization, um, I really tried to pursue the impossible. You know, I wanted to trans... I didn't just want to change the trajectory of this organization, because as you know, when, I, when we got here, you know, we were going through some challenges and everything like that. I wanted to transform the brand completely. And so it's been a brand transformation. And so um, for me, that is pursuing the impossible. And everything that we've talked about in the first three lessons leads to the big push. You know, of course, I have to lead by example. I have to always represent this brand well. And I have to model the the vision of a winning organization. Even when there are times when I'm feeling down or, or it's not the best day, when I hit those front doors of this organization, my head is high, my shoulders are back, and I have a swagger about me as I walk into this office as if I'm a winner, because we are a winner. And um, everyone is looking at me to see how I'm going to react. Mm-hmm. Well, you said a lot um, there with regards to just so much um, starting not even starting, but somewhere woven into that was dreaming beyond my condition. I absolutely love that. And then not letting the condition dictate, you know, how you think about and view your potential. So I think that that is just um, um, so important, being able to look beyond what is to what's possible and and being able to just constantly um, hold the what might others might think are, is impossible in that space of, I like the AT&T, uh, rethink possibilities, just rethink yeah. possible. Um, and I think doing this work, doing this work as relates to um, advancing people, advancing organizations, advancing equity, diversity, and inclusion commitments, it has to be a looking beyond what is to what's possible to move any of that forward. So I think that is so, um, so important. Well, you know, in our communities and at the HBCU I attended, which was Texas Southern University, they didn't train me to be a CEO. They trained me to go to work for someone, to find a job, you know. And so now I'm on a mission to go back and retrain these students that you can become a CEO, you can become a leader, you can find yourself in the C-suite. You know, we have to dream beyond what we think our limit is, right? Mm -hmm. And if we don't think or dream beyond the limit, the kids that are bench strength are definitely not going to be brave enough to do so. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to give a shout out to Grambling State University, my alma mater as well. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> where, our, <laughs> where our motto was, where everybody is somebody. And uh, yeah. definitely um, seeing yourself as uh, being able to make a difference uh, definitely does make a difference. As we wind down our... Um, our time together today in this discussion. Any final thoughts or tips you'd like to leave with our listening audience? Everything is possible. Um, I think we all have our own journey. And the final thought that I will um, leave you with is, you know, (laughs) don't get so caught up on the destination that you lose sight of what that journey was uh, about. Um, I think the journey is more important than the actual destination, and I'm learning that later in my life. Mm, I love that. That's um, a real powerful thought as well. Let's have you repeat that one more time. (laughs) The journey is more important than the actual destination. Yeah, yeah, real powerful thought because I think sometimes um, in focusing on, be it producing the perfect program, the perfect project, the perfect whatever, um, we can sometimes lose touch of the process, which involves the people and how we're touching them or are moving forward. And we get to the point where we might love that destination, that perfect product, that perfect program, and so on and so forth, which can sometimes lead to the irritation of the people who sometimes um, block us from that perfection. <laughs> and yep. when that happens, we lose and miss the mark of excellence. And so, right. and, you know, just and, really yeah, holding a space for the process of excellence versus the destination or the vision of perfection. Well, you know, and in, in, in the last thing I know we're running out of time would be, mm-hmm. you know, I try to reach back on some of those memories that kind of mm-hmm. got me here, and it's hard mm-hmm. to really see them in your head, and you hate that you don't have those photos etched in your mind. That's because you didn't pay attention while you were in that space. And so at 55, I'm saying to myself, slow myself down enough to where I'm appreciating the journey because mm-hmm. when I get to the destination, it's going to be harder to reach back and capture that memory. Yes. So, Rudy, how might our listening audience get in touch with you if they'd like to noodle more with you on this, maybe have sure. you speak on this topic? How might they best get in touch with you? Sure. So um, please reach out to my executive office manager. Her name is Andrea Dixon. She can be reached at an email um, a is in apple, L is in lion, D is in diamond, I is in ice cream, X O N at neighborhoodhouse.org. Wonderful. Again, thank you so much for being with us, and thank you also yeah. to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.